What is up, everybody? We are back. This is another episode of the Trial Run Podcast. I'm Nathan. That's Brennan. Just the last couple days, we've had some big things going on around here. Huge news. Huge news, huge development. We want to start off the show today by showing some little love, a little bit of love to somebody who we have now have a partnership with on Instagram. This is going to come as a surprise to a lot of you. I know a lot of you know that we do not particularly like one player on Duke, the Duke men's basketball team. With that being said, we have a new partnership, and I'm going to have to say his name because the Instagram handle that I want you all to go follow, show some love, is at Zion Assistant on the gram. Go give him some love. Hate the player, but love the pictures. Love the edits. We actually respect Zion Assistant's work a lot. He does some great things on that Instagram, so definitely go check him out. Give him a follow, comment, leave some positive feedback. He's going to love it. He's going to love having all the extra love towards him. And this time of year, I mean, NCAA tournament stuff, we can expect some big things from him and that page as well. So let's get right into that. NCAA tournament going on right now, as we speak, actually. As we speak. As we speak, we've got multiple screens going in our little recording studio here. We've got a lot of, a lot of games on right now. What are you watching over there? I'm watching uh, UC Irvine, Kansas State. UC Irvine, that's big game right now. Big game. game. I might have to flip over to Gardner-Webb, Virginia, because currently Gardner-Webb is winning. I mean, by the time you guys hear this, Virginia will probably have won by like 20, but still, as as we speak right now, it's an interesting game. I mean, for those of you that don't know, last year, UMBC, of course. I'm sure sure many of you have never heard of UMBC before, but they beat Virginia last year 16 over 1, and right now Gardner-Webb, who I know you're very high on. Love them. You love the Gardner-Webb Bulldogs, is it? That's the right Oh, I'm right on today. Gardner-Webb playing Virginia right now, very tough. we got UC Irvine right now, causing Kansas State a little bit of issues. I mean, we're watching this game. It's unreal, but right now the tournament, we'll just go through a brief rundown right now. Um, What do you you have to say about the tournament? What's going on right now? What's catching your eye? Well, I know that Nate and I were talking yesterday. I know Nate's pretty upset about the fact that we haven't had very many upsets. Just very few storylines. Very few storylines. You know, you've got some 10 seeds winning. you got, obviously, Murray State beating, uh, beating Marquette there. But as far as the games themselves, I know there weren't a lot of upsets, but the games themselves were good games. We had some, we had some good action being played out. Belmont couldn't finish the deal with Maryland, but that was a great game. New Mexico State couldn't finish the deal. Yep, New Mexico State absolutely blew the game, but that was also another good one. And then Minnesota over Louisville was actually very surprising to me. That was the only one I was absolutely shocked about. I did not think, uh, I didn't think, I I actually think I picked Minnesota, which is funny. I I just kind of figured, you know, some Big Ten love when we we did our picks. I just have a hard time calling any 7 over a 10 an upset. Yeah, it's really not. Like like you said, there's been some good games where it's come right down to the end. LSU-Yale was tight right to the very end. Yale made a run at the end, lost by 5. Auburn-New Mexico State, like we said. Auburn, that that game easily should have went to overtime. If you take the layup instead of the 3-pointer, that game's going to overtime. That was a 1-point win by the 5-seed over the 12-seed. Vermont played Florida State tough, 76-69 final on that one. Florida State won. Like you said, Belmont losing to Maryland by two. They've been some very tough games. Bradley, Bradley playing Michigan State, your Ooh, favorite, your I favorite Michigan State. I would have loved that. But Bradley playing them tough to the very end. And then, like you said, Murray State beating Marquette. That's not an upset in my opinion. I've made this very clear off air that Marquette was horrendous at the end of the season. Whereas in comparison, Murray State is a very good team with potentially the best player, second best player in the country. It's just unreal to me, though, that we always see upsets in the first round, and it just has not has not panned out that way this, st- yet this year. We still have a whole whole day's worth of games. we got one going on right now. Like we said, you, uh, UC Irvine, they're, they're beating Kansas State. So give it some time. 
But like you said with Murray State, I was kind of disappointed that ESPN was so right about Murray State and then also about Wofford. Just about John Morant in general, right. too. John Morant triple-double. He was, he was unreal. He was the best player on the floor. Both of those teams really proved some points yesterday. And speaking of that, everyone wants to talk about John Morant. Everyone wants to talk about how great of a player he is. But Wofford's Fletcher McGee, that kid is something special. He he just broke the record for most three-pointers by any player in Division One. That boy can't miss. He cannot miss. He is a straight G. He is so good. You, I cannot wait I mean, to you see, see him. him. You've seen him in that game yesterday. From the three-point line, he doesn't have to set his feet. He nope. just fires it, and it goes up, and it goes in. You almost, you're almost you almost surprised when it doesn't go in. It's unreal. He models his game a little after how I play at the sack. Oh, my goodness. Probably a little worse three-point percentage he has, but, you know, he'll get there one day. Yeah, we'll see. Another major storyline, one of the few major storylines coming out. It must have been a slow news day because this, in my opinion, was absolutely ridiculous. Everybody saw Tom Izzo shrieking on the sideline at one of his players, a freshman, Many people have in question, is that oh, the way coaching should be done? I mean, just complete nonsense in my opinion. Everybody who's ever played a sport knows that some, co- some coaches get after some players more than others just because they know they respond to that kind of stuff. I'm not inside Tom Izzo's head. I'm not inside his locker room, so I can't formulate an opinion. But everybody on mainstream media comes jumping down this guy's throat, telling him that, oh, I can't wait until this guy or coaching styles like this are out of the, I mean, out of major college sports or major sports in general. What are your opinions on this? Because I personally, like I've pretty much said in this setup, that that's completely ridiculous to me. Yeah, I agree. People are definitely overacting about this. I will say that it it's not a good look as a coach when your own players have to hold you back. That's not an ideal look. But then again, he had Tom Izzo had no intention of hurting of hurting Henry. I think that's clear. Anyone who thinks that just doesn't understand how Izzo coaches. He's that fiery type of guy. And sometimes players, especially young players like Henry, they need that tough love. Oh, they respond to it. Right. They, they need someone to get in their face, yell at them, motivate them. If you feel challenged, you're, the chances are you're going to go out there and perform better or just be more motivated in the game itself. Right. So, like, this whole, this whole notion that Tom Izzo overstepped his bounds as a coach is foolish. If you look at what coaches did... In years previous, Bobby Knight. Yeah, they would they would you know pull their Shout hair, scream, throw, throw chairs. chairs yeah. yeah. So so this so this sort of situation here with Izzo and Henry is just absolutely be t- being taken way too far. I respect Izzo as a coach as much as as much as I dislike uh, the program, the program State, in yeah. general. But so really, I think people need to settle down. Izzo's a good coach. That was a good handling of the situation. Like I said, I think this is just overblown because, as we just addressed. There's been a lack of storylines right now. Everybody is trying to get their hands on something that makes March Madness. And March Madness just in and of itself is very interesting, watching small schools go up against these power schools. But in general, just a lack of storylines, I think, is what brought this to the forefront at all. And, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for that. That's... Izzo is a great coach. He's a world-class coach. And for people to overreact like that and tell him how to do his job is completely preposterous. Sticking in the sport of basketball... And I, I feel bad that we have to move away from the tournament because we've, we love talking about it so much. But right now, we're just waiting on something big to happen because if it doesn't happen, we're not going to have much to talk about. That's true. It's killing me right now that there have been no upsets. Yeah. We're going into the NBA right now. The NBA season winding down. We've kind of fallen off. We watched a lot of NBA games before this tournament started, but since the tournament has moved to the forefront of major media, we've kind of let the NBA take a backseat. Pistons still in sixth place, our team. Yep. Love them. 
the playoff picture starting to come into come into focus. We're seeing teams make runs, fall back. We see the Lakers kind of backing off. They realized realized a long time ago that they're not going to make the playoffs. With the season winding down, do you have anything that sticks out to you about what's happening right now? Any major matchups in the playoffs that you're interested by? Because I mean, we're scrapping for stories right now. We're we're looking <laughs> for every anything to talk about, literally anything. Because aside from March Madness, it's been a pretty weak weak storylines. Well, I am impressed in in our Pistons and how they have responded to this this late season run. We talked about earlier on this podcast how both the Pistons and the Lakers said that they wanted to make postseason pushes. Obviously, one worked out with the Pistons and one has not with the Lakers. And Blake Griffin has really led that team, and they've done a great job down the stretch. They weren't even... Best numbers of his career, Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. They, they were not even in one of the top eight seeds earlier this year, and now they're looking at the sixth seed right now. They struggled is, mightily all season long. Other than the entire first half of the season, they struggled mightily. And now they're doing great down the stretch. They re- they're right where we need to be. And then I just wanted to pose this question. With the NBA being how it has been the past couple of years, do you think that the Warriors are just going to win the whole thing again regardless of what anyone else does, whatever... Other playoff pushes Stop are made. It. I hate this storyline because this is something that you hear about on first take on all the major media sources. I hate this conversation because absolutely, yes, they're going to win, and it's not going to be close. I'm going to come out and say it right now, and I hate that people talk about it in the way that they do because any time that the Warriors have any minor slip-up, all of a sudden... Oh, it's yeah. Like, Locker it's right, room talk. It's, 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 they're, they're, they're acting like it's the end of the world. It's right back to the question, and then ESPN and Fox Sports, they drag this topic out, and they let everybody... I mean, they, they lead everybody to the ridiculous idea that the Warriors aren't going to be there to come playoff time. And this is absurd, and I hate, that, I hate that you asked that question, but I will say that the Warriors <laughs> are going to win, and it's just going to be what it's been the last couple of years. I don't mind it. I love greatness. I respect watching greatness, so I like it a lot. Well, who do you think has the best chance to challenge them, then, if the Warriors are the, you know, the team that's just going to win it all? Pistons. No, be real with me. I'll tell you what right now. My friend Liam McCarthy, who was on the show... Uh, a little bit ago, a couple weeks ago, shout out to Liam. He said that if the Pistons somehow made it to the NBA Finals against the Warriors, Pistons are winning that thing. They might even sweep the Warriors. You, you know as well as I do that is not going to happen. I'll tell you what, the past three years, the Warriors have not beaten God. the Pistons when they played each There's other. There's not a team in the NBA that can compete with them in a seven-game series. But if I had to pick one team in the West, I'd stick with the Rockets. I mean... James Harden on any given night can just blow up. Chris Paul. Chris Paul last year showed a little bit of fire. He's a good defender. He can he does the best that he can to stick with guys like Curry and Klay Thompson. So I would say the Rockets personally in the West. Out of the East, 76ers, maybe. I mean, I don't even know because we Celtics? haven't seen we haven't seen anybody besides the Cavs face up against them. Yeah. Celtics have been a bit a little bit of a letdown this year. So I personally don't know, but I don't think that any team can legitimately challenge them. I think if I think the X factor will be for the for the Celtics, that is, if they're going to be able to challenge the Warriors, is Gordon Hayward, the play of Gordon Hayward, how he does down the stretch. It seems to me that when when he does well, then the entire team as like they, they as a whole do well. They they get better, they win games and they look dominant doing that doing so. So if they have any chance to challenge the Warriors, then Gordon Hayward's gonna have this to This is all great. complete speculation too. Complete because, speculation. Because you know, I don't think the Celtics are going to make it out of the East, personally. Really? I don't. I think the 76ers are a better team. I think the Raptors, I mean, Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, I mean, that, that's a backcourt right there. I know 
Kawhi Leonard's technically a forward, but that's just a duo right there. I just str- I struggled to see the Raptors going to the finals. I don't know. I think you struggle because you're stuck in the Dwayne Casey era a little bit. Hey, where we, every, lo- we love Dwayne we Casey. Love Dwayne Casey. We love Dwayne Casey. We love Dwayne Casey, but you're stuck in that era a little bit where we saw the Raptors get matched up against LeBron in his prime and getting smacked every single year in the playoffs. That's probably fair. I don't know. Another major NBA story. My man. The man. Not the just man. my man. The, the man. greatest college basketball player in all of human history. Yes. Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer. Signed a two-year deal with the Phoenix Suns coming out of the Chinese Basketball League where he was averaging something like 40 points a game. Mm-hmm. Just absurd. Signed a two-year deal. He's back in the league. I can't wait to see him. I don't know about you. Watching him at BYU during tournament time. Tournament it, time, yeah, oh perfect. My goodness. Oh, he, my goodness. He was, he was unreal. Personally, I love this because I love Jimmer Fredette. I have his jersey, as you well know. Wear it all the time. Jimmer is one of my favorite players of all time. And, yeah, like you said, dude's averaging 36 points a game this year in China, which is unreal. If, you, if you're averaging those kind of numbers, I don't care what league you're in, you deserve a shot at the NBA. I know his first stint in the NBA didn't pan out exactly how he'd like it, but I think he can carve out a niche for himself in the league. I think there's a place for players like Jimmer. So I really just hope he has success and he can translate this into a, a good NBA career. I'd just like to point out that I averaged 6.1 points on our intramural basketball yeah, okay. league this year. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, I mean, this is going to be, this is pretty much going to go away because he's not going to drop those kind of numbers in the NBA. Ah, well, watch he, out. He, he's going to come into that, magic. He's going to come into that Phoenix Suns organization who... Don't get me wrong, they're improving. They're a young team. They have guys like Devin Booker and Josh Jackson who suffered a scary injury when we, I believe, in their game either last night or a couple nights ago. But that team is improving. He's likely going to be a role player just like he was when he came into the league. I have no doubt that he's definitely a better player and better offer of going, having gone to China. But he's going to come in, and this story is going to get swept under the rug because he's really, I, don't, I can't see him being anything besides a role player, maybe a sixth man. Well, I tell you what. He's had he's had some some time in the NBA before, and he's obviously played overseas in China. So having a guy like that who's had experience with different levels of basketball, just a, a, length, a more lengthy career than some of these younger players on the Suns, can actually be very helpful for a Suns organization that, like we've mentioned, is, is a young group. He can just bring some of that veteran presence. He's, he's kind of like Jamal Crawford in that sense for the Suns right now, just that he can provide some insight, teach the younger players how to play the game. And you know maybe show show him some of that deep stroke that oh, he's got. Good gracious! If we could all if we could see that out of all the Suns players, it. ooh, I love it. That could be my new team. That's it. First segment down. We're that much closer to getting back to the couch so we can watch our March Madness in peace. Yeah, we're trying to get out of here. Sorry, guys, but we're so close. We don't like this. We're we, so we, close. We want to watch some games. We love it, but we love March Madness more. This is the Try Run Podcast. Segment two, we're back. This is the trial run podcast. Breaking, breaking news, news. Breaking news. <laughs> As we record this very instant, Gardner-Webb has taken a 12-point lead on the number one seed Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, I a swear A 16 to you. over a one. Oh, I swear to you. Please, I please. swear to you if they pull this off. And like I said to Brennan right before this, we started recording this podcast today, if this happens... Two years in a row. Death penalty. Death penalty the program. They can never be in the NCAA tournament ever again. But the psyche, the psyche that this team has to have if it comes down to the second half, it's still early. There's still seven minutes left in the first half. But if this comes down to a close game at the end, 
how <laughs> how can you, if you're the Virginia Cavaliers, supposed to be the clear favorite, how can you possibly respond to that positively? Because this is the second year in a row that this has happened. This is honestly the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, how, how does this happen? You can't do this. Like, as a program, you just cannot do this. I'd like to make it known that Tony Bennett is also in the Coach of the Year conversation. Do you automatically rescind that if they lose a Gardner-Webb oh, yes. Bulldogs? Oh, yes. oh my goodness. It, like, it, I, the funniest thing about this is, like, a week or so ago, I saw this interview that they did with, with the head coach of Virginia, and he was just talking about how, like, yeah, we, we really learned a lot from last year's loss to UMBC, and we're going to come back as a tough, strong program and we're not going to let that loss define us. And now as we speak, they're down 14. 14. So we love to see that. It's so a 14-point <laughs> league. This is just pure comedy to me. I really hope Gardner Webb pulls off the dub. That makes me want to get out of here even sooner because yeah. I have to get back and watch that game. But before we do that, we do have a little bit of sports talk outside of the sport of basketball. Yep. We have Major League Baseball that we want to get to real quick. Ichiro retirement. Thoughts. I mean, praises of the guy. He was one of the greatest players ever do it. He did it in Japan, his home country, for his last game. They had the regular season game. I believe it was the it was the Mariners and so somebody else that I don't care about. Right. But Ichiro, great career. Just give me your thoughts on that. It's really a great ending to a great career for Ichiro. He it was kind of an unusual ending because everyone knew coming like at the end of last year that Ichiro was going to retire, and now he plays this last game in the beginning of this season, actually before opening day even starts, but it technically counts as a regular season game in Japan, so he can play in his home country for his last game, retire retire in front of his home fans. And really just Ichiro's story in general, I think it's really awesome. He didn't even come to the MLB until he was 27 years old. That's pretty late. And to still be one of the greatest players right. to ever do it in the MLB. Still has the most hits by any player in professional baseball. That's really just incredible. So I love that Ichiro got that kind of retirement. It's kind of similar to uh, how how like Derek or Dwayne Wade, yeah. right? Derek Jeter, how Derek Jeter got to end his career. You know, he had that walk off hit. It's, he didn't have anything like that. Ichiro didn't. But just the fact that he got to retire in front of his home country is really special. I know that he really liked that, and so it's it's an awesome it's an awesome way to end that legacy. Proper send off for a great guy, great player. I mean, I, I personally I don't have anything to say about it because. Because <laughs> sorry, we're just watching because we're watching Gardner uh, Webb give because Virginia Gardner the work. Webb just <laughs> they are giving Virginia the work. I'm sorry, each year. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you the time of day, but right now I'm so distracted. We're trying to filibuster our way out of here. <laughs> Let's get one last thing in so we can watch this game in peace. We got the Mike Trout deal. I want to get your opinion on this because Mike Trout now has the biggest deal in professional sports, I believe, in American professional sports. Yep, massive, hundred million dollars more than than uh, Bryce Harper for a year less. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you already know how I feel about the the big deals. I hate them. Yeah, twelve years, four hundred and thirty million dollars. If there was going to be a guy worth it, it's Mike Trout, though. Yes, but here's the thing: it's not even about the money that those players receive. I'm fine with that. You know, get your money. That's whatever. It's how long these deals are. I, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but there is almost no player in all of sports, not just baseball, in all of sports, who can be counted on for twelve years. That is such a long period of time. So many things can happen. So many things can happen. I mean, I guess baseball is your best bet because, like, injuries aren't going to happen as much as in, in, you know, in baseball. The longevity of career can be sustained. But not even with injuries, just in regards to players. Sometimes players are hot and sometimes they fall out of, you know, their their groove. I'm not saying Mike Trout is going to do that because 
as a 26-year-old, he's one of the best players of all time. He's almost in the, in the LeBron, I don't want to say LeBron, I mean, stratosphere, but he's a guy that pretty much every year since he's been in the league, he should be considered for MVP. He's that kind of guy. B- but then if you think about it, what if he, you know, breaks his arm or breaks his leg or something? There's an then, element of random randomness to it, right. for sure. Yeah, and then right. he comes back, has a, has a road to recovery, but he's not the same type of player. Then he's still on this huge deal, but... He's, you know, he's, he's not nearly the player that he was before. So I just hate these huge deals. But it, it's good for Trout, you know, secure the bag, do what you got to do. It's just the MLB market. I mean, right now, I, I read an article the other day, I, be, I believe the title was something to the amounts of Mike Trout, a $420 million bargain. Like, he's the guy that... Yeah, I saw that. I mean, it's unreal. He's a great player, and I can't promise him, or I can't... I, I have a hard time believing that... With that kind of money on the Angels' payroll, there's no way they're ever going to be able to compete for a championship unless yeah. they get some other guys on bargain contracts. So Not at all. That, I think he just signed his life away in that regard where I don't think the Angels are going to be contending for a championship anytime soon. But $420 million, I mean, money talks, dude. Like, that secure the bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if, if it's there, take it. I'd take that. Secure <laughs> the bag. Oh, my God. <sighs> We're so close. We're so close. We're so close. I'm sick. This has been terrible. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, we're getting there. We're so close. Almost, I'm, I'm, I, like I said earlier, I'm filibustering, trying to kill time. I, this whole thing has been a, a train wreck. It's been decent. It was decent. I will say. I will say that. Really, I think we gave the people what they wanted on today's episode. And frankly, people are going to be busy watching March Madness this whole week anyway. So, you know, they're not going to have the time of day for a long forty-minute episode. That's so. what I'm saying. We'll keep it short for you. We'll keep it right around twenty minutes or wherever we're at right now. Right, we're at perfect. Yeah. Excellent. I mean. Have fun watching this. If Virginia if Virginia wins, like I said, cut the program. Tony Bennett, you're fired. This has been the Trial Run Podcast. Have fun.